Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I do not understand this football name in America. How, how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks? I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the mochi, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool and hey guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win and then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. Good morning, Broncos fans. Yes, here I am podcasting from outside Munich. Uh, another nasty day here. It, it's really back to being winter again. We had some snow the last two days, and I'm a little bit sick of it. I wish we actually had spring 
or at least if we had snow, then we would have football. Um, I kind of had the worst of both worlds right now. We have snow and cold and no NFL football, and that is truly, truly a shame. But at least we do have some seriously awesome sports going on in Denver right now. The, the Nuggets and Avalanche, obviously, both in the second round of the playoffs. So big shout out to both of them. I don't watch every game, but I definitely get up and watch all the highlights, and it is an exciting time to be a Denver sports fan. And it obviously, as we said last week, goes for the Broncos as well. I think fans at the moment of the Denver Broncos are overall very optimistic. I think they feel much better after this draft. There's always the question marks, of course, and there are the people who who question Elway. And I think there are a decent number of people who question Elway. And you know my thoughts on this if you listen to this podcast. I think that you can't you can't over doubt a guy who brought in one of the greatest offenses in NFL history, followed up by one of the greatest defenses in NFL history, won a Super Bowl, brought them to two. Yes, okay, Peyton Manning was there, but you want to tell me Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl in 2015? That was largely in part to the guys that were brought in by John Elway. Yes, Elway has struggled in some drafts. He struggled in bringing in certain positions, but you can't give him all the blame and none of the credit. And I think he's done a really good job. And I think that even the Elway haters had to come away from this draft and say, okay, you can't find much wrong with it. You know, Maybe you can say it wasn't an A plus draft. It wasn't even an A, but I don't think you can give this anywhere below a B or a B minus because they hit their positions of need. They got guys at good value. They got three guys who are considered first round talent. And that in and of itself is worthy of saying it was a good draft. Now, as we all know, drafts, we will never really know how good they are until maybe three or four years down the road. But as we found out with the 2018 draft, you bring in guys who can contribute immediately, and that immediately tells you that this was a significant draft. And I think that's what we're going to see from this draft class. I mean, you have guys who, of course, are going to be immediate impact. Noah Fant, Dalton Reisner, those are two guys who are clearly going to start opening day. I mean, I don't think there's any possibility unless they're hurt that they are not going to see the see the field as starters. Um, Drew Locke, obviously a different story. Um, but again, as I said last week, he he fell to a perfect spot. Perfect. I mean, that was an absolutely dream scenario for Elway. And I think that it was a little bit lucky. And I think that, you know, it, it had it had somewhat of a connotation like the movie Draft Day, you know, that that I just think that people are probably calling Elway, calling other teams like, hey, what's wrong with this lock guy? You know, what, what's what's the issue? What, what's what's going on? Who, why is he dropping? And people started to, you know, panic a little bit. And eventually, you know, there weren't teams that really wanted or needed him. They didn't, a lot of teams don't want to bring in a project quarterback. And that's what Drew Locke is. Now, he has some intense talent and, and he has a lot of possibility, but he is a a guy who's going to have to do some work. He's going to have to study. He's going to have to learn, much like the other guys Elway has brought in. But again, with a 40-second pick, it's not stressful. It's, it's not something that he has to come in and succeed right away. Even if he completely fails, even if he is the next Paxton Lynch, it's not heartbreaking. At least that's my opinion. Now, the good thing, again, is, too, that he has the chance to study behind Joe Flacco, <laughs> as good as that might be. I don't know if Flacco is, is an all-time great quarterback. I don't know if he's a great guy to learn from. Um, there are obviously the rumors about Flacco that he wasn't a very good 
um, teammate to to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore last season when obviously Flacco got injured. Jackson came in and Flacco never really got a chance to get his job back because the offense was seemingly better with Lamar Jackson and it was really, really bad with, with Flacco, one of the worst offenses in football. And the rumors are that Flacco didn't really coach him up, didn't really help him. But the other side to that is that Flacco couldn't. I mean, Lamar Jackson is is a completely different quarterback than Joe Flacco. What what can Joe Flacco teach Lamar Jackson? I mean, the Baltimore staff went in and completely scrubbed the entire offense. They ran an entirely different offense, which is props to them. It's it's shades of of the Broncos with Tim Tebow. They found a guy who had certain skills, certain talents, and they ran with whatever he could do. And that was very different than what Joe Flacco could do. So what what is Joe Flacco going to go and tell Lamar Jackson, you know? Uh, hey, bro, you know, run a little faster to the left. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, 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 he was not running a pro-style offense. And so I think that that's not a very fair, uh, you know, um, critique of Joe Flacco. So maybe Joe Flacco can come in here and be a mentor to Drew Locke. Now, do I think that Flacco was happy about the, the Locke pick? No, probably not. But... Flacco has been in the league a long time. He's a veteran guy. He knows what's up. He knows he's got to win the job. He's got to win this position battle. And and if it comes up against a rookie and he can't win it, I I'm sure this guy knows that's on him. And so I don't I have I don't think it's going to be a problem with Joe Flacco and having another guy to come in and compete. And it's probably the best thing for him. Has Joe Flacco ever had a guy really come in and compete? I mean, was Lamar Jackson really going to come in and compete? I mean, it's 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 debatable. I mean, some fans said they wanted him. But again, it was such a different offense that until Flacco got hurt, I don't even know if it was even really a question. I, I'm not, I wasn't in Baltimore, so, so maybe someone could correct me if I'm wrong. But maybe it was a quarterback controversy. But it, it wasn't a real serious one until Flacco got hurt. So I think this is the first time in his in at least what I know of of his history that he's had a quarterback um, competition, and I don't think it's a very serious one here in the first season. I think that Drew Locke should and will sit behind Flacco for at least one season, maybe two. Now, of course, that does depend on if Flacco is healthy or not. And as an older guy, as a guy who got hurt last season, you know we can't be absolutely sure that's going to be the case. Of course, now. We'll see. I don't think he's the most, you know, agile, mobile guy. I don't think he's the healthiest guy, and he doesn't have the best offensive line. So it goes without saying that he definitely could get hurt. Now, Skipper Dude is going to come on later and talk about his his thoughts on Drew Locke um, and what he thinks he's going to bring to the offense and when he thinks that Drew Locke should or and will start. And he he's going to bring up some good points about what it would happen if Joe Flacco gets hurt and I will follow him up um in the last segment and talk about that as well um but as as, as along with the rest of the draft as last week was more of this just hype show you know I was just pumped up felt good about it I still feel good about it but it's a little less emotional it's a little more now it's it's a little more of a I don't know a brain feeling rather than a heart feeling and I still like it I'm still pumped about it I still love Noah Fant I know there have been some guys who've come on and not really love that pick. I think Pro Football Focus um, didn't love the Noah Fant draft pick. Um, 
I don't love pro football focus. That's not the opinion of Mile High Report. That's my opinion personally. Um, so I, I don't put a whole lot of anything into that thought, honestly. Um, I, w- what could go wrong with this guy? I mean, you know, of course anything could. I know it's the NFL. Players wash up all the time. But you look at him in a Scangarello offense with Joe Flacco at, at quarterback. I mean, to me, it's a dream come true. It's perfect. I mean, I, I truly believe Noel Fant could be a top three tight end next year as a rookie. Mark it down. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm okay being on the record with that. And if I'm wrong at the end of the year, then yeah, come at me. But I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be. He's got all of the skills. He runs nice routes. He's got a great coach who who knows and wants to use the tight end position. Look what he did with George Kittle. Is George Kittle? I mean. Is he as talented as Noah Fant? I don't think so. Now, you know, physical gifts doesn't mean you're going to be a better tight end, as we know. You know, was Jerry Rice the the, the most physically gifted wide receiver ever? Eh, no. But he's by far and away the best. So, yeah, it's not always it's not always about how fast you run, etc. But seemingly, Noah Fant can do it all. He can catch. He can run. He he runs good routes. He's, he's strong enough, he's a decent blocker, and he's just, he's ideal for this system. Ideal. Keep that in mind. That They're going to absolutely roll with Fant. And, and there are enough options around him that the guy should get open. Remember this in, in, in San Francisco. That this is what was crazy about that game, as we all know and suffered through last season, that... George Kittle was the one guy on that offense in San Francisco. The one guy, period. It was Nick Mullins throwing to George Kittle. That was it. They didn't have any other wide receivers. They didn't have running backs. They didn't have talent at all besides George Kittle. And still, George Kittle put over 200 yards receiving, which is an embarrassment for the Denver Broncos, as we all know. But it also shows that you know he was a very talented guy and a very good system that fit tight ends. That's going to be the same thing in Denver, except Denver has talent. They've got Philip Lindsay. They've got Sutton. They've got Emmanuel Sanders, who looks like he's back and healthy. Don't don't go to sleep on this offense. Don't go to sleep on this offense. I did not love them coming into the draft. I like them much more. They have the tight end who's going to stretch the field. They have the tight end who's going to be that comfort blanket for Joe Flacco, which he's which he's loved ever since he's been in the NFL. You've got a guy who can run down the sidelines and, and catch the jump balls in Sutton. You've got Emmanuel Sanders, who's a great route runner, makes all the big catches. you got Philip Lindsay, who is, you know, a little Tasmanian devil in the backfield, who hopefully this next season will start catching balls out of the backfield more since hopefully the quarterback now won't miss him every time. Thanks, Case Keenum. You've got a guy in, in Freeman who can come in and be your kind of your your quote unquote change of pace back, though back to your your kind of normal style of running back away from the Philip Lindsay kind of scat back style. This offense it could be decent. I'm not saying it's going to be a great offense. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not sold on Joe Flacco at quarterback. Of course I'm not. He hasn't been that good in the last five, six years. But if he's put in the right system, I think he could he could be good. He could be well above decent. And they are on the right path. They've got a guy who's running that Shanahan-style offense. They've got the tight end. They've got the wide receivers. They've got running backs. Now, is the offensive line going to be decent enough? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on the offensive line. I like Dalton Reisner a lot. 
as I see on the, the milehighreport.com, um, I think it's a post by Ian Malnati, um, or no, 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 I'm sorry, Ian St. Clair, Adam Malnati. Those, those two do the, do the podcast over there from milehighreport.com, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, they have on fantastic guests. They, they always put out really great content. So after listening to this show, check out the milehighreport.com podcast with Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. I think this... Um, article I think was by Ian St. Clair and it was about who your favorite Broncos draft pick was and you had Noah Fant, Dalton Reisner, Drew Rock, Draymond Jones, Justin Hollins. Um, Fant came in at 15%, Drew Locke 26%, Dalton Reisner 47% of the votes. So Dalton Reisner got about a thousand votes, 47% of the votes of who Broncos fans were most happy about, which is really interesting. Part of it, I believe, is because he's a hometown guy. He's a tough SOB. He's a guy who's just nasty, good dude off the field, nasty dude on the field. And I think that that hometown, you know, the spirit, the, the guy who he was happy to go at 41 he was happier to go to 41 to the Broncos than he would have been at 15 to another team. At least that's what he says. And I, I believe him. I mean, that I can only imagine that would be like, I mean, me. I mean, I, 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 me going and playing for the Broncos. I've been a Broncos fan since I was one years old. One year old. And I can only imagine playing for the team that you've loved your whole life. I mean, that, that's an extremely amazing thing. And... Yeah, so anyway, that's the, the Broncos fans on com. That was our favorite pick. He's going to obviously help the line. Um, I think Mike Munchak is going to do wonders with the line. The, the line cannot be as bad as it has been the last few years. I, I believe that. If Ronald Leary can stay healthy, which is not likely because he never stays healthy, but if he can, if Garrett Bowles can learn from Munchak, if Reisner can be as good as he was in college, you're starting to see it, a line that can be decent. Will it be great? No. Uh, no, it won't. But they're on the right path. They're, they're in the right direction. You hope that Mike Munchak will be there a few years. You don't know because maybe he'll get another head coaching offer. But I think the thing with Mike Munchak is he does have connections in Denver, and that's huge. He's got family in Denver. I believe his grandchildren are in Denver or the Denver area. And so he wants to be there. He wants to be in Denver. He, he chose that job for a personal reason. And that's huge. That, that means that they have a guy who hopefully will be there for several years. And hopefully Scangarello is good, but not great, so that he doesn't get a head coaching job because we know how these young offensive coordinators go almost immediately to a head coaching jobs in the NFL. Um, hopefully he stays around for a bit so that at least this team, this offense, has a chance to to get their feet under them before their coaches are pulled out like a rug from under their feet. Okay, um, up next, I'm going to send it over to Skipper Dude, who's going to have a sh- kind of a little bit of a quicker segment today. He's talking about Drew Locke, what he believes the Broncos did right and did wrong with their pick, and when he thinks Drew Locke will start at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Skipper Dude, up next after this quick break. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks, as always, for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today I thought I'd do something I rarely do and kind of step out of my own comfort zone. If you're a regular Broncos and Bratwurst listener, you know that I typically like to discuss issues of management and philosophy, leadership, human nature, right and wrong, things like that. And I typically leave the finer points of football tactics and X's and O's to the better football minds out there. But today I wanted to get a little more technical, take a first look at Drew Locke, NFL quarterback, and then play some fun what-if games and discuss the chances of us seeing him on the field in a regular season game for the Denver Broncos in 2019. But first, I have to tell a quick story. So, two Friday nights ago, I'm sitting on the couch watching a movie with Mrs. Skipper Dude and trying hard not to be peeking at my phone too much to follow day two of the Broncos draft. Well, of course, I look down at one point and I see the Broncos having take Dalton, taken Dalton Reisner at number 41, and as I'm watching... Drew Locke appears at pick number 42. As you would imagine, my face gets kind of flush, and I start looking for a fan to fan my face, but I manage to keep my cool, and I just say very calmly, wow, it looks like the Broncos just drafted their new franchise quarterback. So Mrs. Skipper Dude, who's a fairly casual fan, if you ask her if she's familiar with the name Jake Plummer, she'd probably say, yeah, vaguely. She handles things very sweetly and pretends to be interested and says, oh, that's nice. What's his name? So I say, Drew Locke. So she says, hmm, that sounds like that place in Shrek. And I think about it for just a minute, and then I say, you're right. It does sound like that place in, from Shrek. So, ladies and gentlemen, in honor of Mrs. Skipper Dude, and without further ado, I present to you the official Skipper Dude Drew Locke theme song. Welcome to Yes, so there you have it, the official Skipper Dude Drew Locke theme song. All right, so let's get down to business. Drew Locke comes to the Denver Broncos with quite a number of NFL-ready skills in his arsenal already. He's certainly tall enough, agile enough, and, and has a big enough arm for the NFL right now. No problems there. And he seems to be intelligent enough and hardworking enough to start Game 1 this year. For those of you who are concerned about him being another Paxton Lynch, well, don't. Paxton lacked both the football IQ and the work ethic to be an NFL starting quarterback, but that's not going to be a problem at all for Drew Locke. But despite Locke's many strengths, there are at least two pretty major areas where he's simply not ready, one being his footwork and the other being his ability to read progressions. Playing in a spread offense in college, which is pretty common anymore, he's mostly operated out of the shotgun 
and his run plays designed to focus on a hot read and a secondary read and throw mostly to predefined targets. Not a ton, ton of judgment involved, at least not NFL levels of judgment for a quarterback. Locke has some difficulty with short routes and patterns, but from what I've seen in the scouting reports, it's not so much because of an inconsistent throwing motion or a release point or a lack of confidence as it just is some sloppy footwork that tends to get him out of balance and misfiring, especially on short passes. Now, of course, this is really nothing to be particularly concerned about because that kind of footwork, as well as progression reading, is something that is going to be right in the wheelhouse of Rich Gangarello. And it's something that most rookie quarterbacks these days deal with anyway. In fact, I'd venture to guess that Scangarello may actually prefer a rookie like Drew Locke who has rarely worked under center and rarely read NFL-style progressions because he's going to have a blank slate to work with and not have to unlearn any bad habits. And by all accounts, Locke is a smart kid and likely to be a quick study. But what Locke really needs to develop is his muscle memory, and that just takes time. If you've ever played a musical instrument like the piano, you know how much practice it takes to make your fingers do what you want them to do. I remember a number of years ago, Mrs. Skipper Dude and I were on a trip to Western, the Western Slope visiting Silverton. We were at a restaurant with an antique piano there, and a young girl named Lacey who was just tearing it up with some amazing music. What blew me away, though, was that Lacey could play some of the most complicated ragtime music you've ever heard, and she could carry on a conversation at the same time. She developed muscle memory in her fingers so well that her fingers could play amazing music on the piano without her brain needing to be consciously engaged in the music. Well, for NFL quarterbacks, the muscle memory of footwork and arm angles and release points and progression reading is much the same thing. I remember hearing an interview with Andy Dalton, I think it was a few years ago, and he was saying that veteran quarterbacks go through a fascinating phenomenon, usually about their third or fourth year in the league, where the game literally feels like it slows down for them. And it makes sense. That's the point where the muscle memory is complete, and a quarterback doesn't have to think about anything but reading defenses and reading his receivers and having the instincts to know who's going to be open when. So Drew Locke, obviously is nowhere near that yet. So I think we can be pretty confident that if he plays it all this season, he's going to be thinking about his footwork, thinking about the playbook, thinking about his mechanics, and he's going to remind us very much of Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch levels of stink. Slow reads, holding on to the ball too long, poor pocket presence, lots of sacks, and that's because we'll be watching similar levels of stink and for most of the same reasons. Locke just won't be ready to contribute to winning NFL football this season. Okay, so with that said, let's look at some what ifs and and, and, as the season may play out this year. And I wanted to encourage you as listeners that if you think I'm getting my analysis wrong here, I'd love to hear you set me straight with a fan rant. I'm putting my opinions out there with some big question marks, and I'd love to hear some opposing arguments. Okay, so. Uh, what if, number one, what if Joe Flacco opens the season one and two and then has one of his patented five interception games in game four and the Broncos drop to one and three? And Broncos country is starting the Drew Locke, Drew Locke chant. Well, personally, I'd say this one's pretty easy. All Drew Locke is going to do by taking over a team with a one and three start is to parlay it into a four and 12 type of a season. And worse yet, with his NFL muscle memory not yet established, he's probably going to revert back to his college habits 
and probably regress as a quarterback. So I think there's really no question on this one. Even at an awful one and three, you stick with Flacco. Okay, so, but what if the Broncos end up five and seven or even four and 12 after 12 games? Still mathematically alive for the playoffs at five and seven anyways, but realistically out of the playoff hunt. This one's tougher. My instinct is that unless the Broncos are five and seven or, or four and eight because Vic Fangio's defense has been a total sieve, boy, is that hard to imagine, or the Broncos have been devastated by injuries, certainly more possible there, then Joe Flacco really has too much talent to work with on offense to think that five and seven or four and eight is going to be an acceptable record. And I think it's probably time to give Locke a look, start prepping for 2020, and move on from the Joe Flacco era. At 5-7 and seven or 4-8, and eight, there's no real pressure to win. So Locke would have the luxury of being able to take his lumps as an NFL quarterback without the same threat of his reverting to his college habits. All right, so what if Joe Flacco goes down with a season-ending injury during a preseason game? This one, I think, is kind of tough. My instinct is that Locke is simply not going to give you a viable chance to win many games this year. And this may sound crazy, but I really think you'd be better off grabbing a, a, a Christian Ponder type guy or even trading for a backup schlub like a Case Keenum and just taking your best shot with a sucky veteran. I don't think I would turn to Drew Locke for an entire season or even a large part of it. You're going to sell out your future. Okay. So what if we start hearing reports from training camp that Locke looks absolutely fantastic, his development is way ahead of schedule, and his footwork is perfect. And then he shreds not only third-team defenses, but also second-team defenses during the preseason games. I don't think it's likely, but it's not out of the question. But again, I say no. I think it's another deal where you're going to try to basically redshirt him for a year, but human nature being what it is, I think Fangio and Scangarello would have a difficult time resisting the temptation to put Joe Flacco on a short leash in that scenario. Okay, so what if things are plugging along pretty well at about 5-3 and three or so midseason? Then Joe Flacco rolls his ankle and goes down for two games. Do you start Drew Locke in that situation? And more to the point, do you dumb down the offense to play to his skills as they developed since April? Lots of shotguns and hot reads, and I definitely say yes and yes. But but here's the bigger question: What if Drew Locke wins both of those games, takes the Broncos to seven and three, and looks good doing it? What then? And to that, I'd say no. You give the job back to Flacco, especially if you've dumbed down your playbook for a couple of games to accommodate Locke's immaturity. Teams will figure out within about three to four games, and you could very very quickly see. Your 7-3 record becomes 7-6 and six and wish you'd gone back to Flacco. Bottom line, don't trust Drew Locke to be a major contributor this year. Okay, how about this one finally? The Broncos get absolutely torn to shreds by the Chargers or some, some other team in the first half and go in at halftime 28-3 with Flacco something like 3-for-15 with two interceptions. Do you look to Drew Locke as a guy who can maybe spark a comeback? And again, I'm pretty inclined to say no. I think you're more likely to cause a guy like Locke to regress in his development by throwing him to the wolves in a blowout loss than you are to catch lightning in a bottle and suddenly see a new starborn or an amazing comeback win. So, Kevin, in conclusion here, I'm really thinking 
that the only real scenarios where we may see Drew Locke in 2019 are number one, starting in about game 13, if the Broncos are effectively out of the playoffs, or number two, as a very temporary injury substitute. Beyond that, I just don't see where it benefits either the Broncos in the short run or Drew Locke's development in the longer run. With so much to learn, and with that learning being the kind of learning that just simply takes time, I think Drew Locke is a guy with whom you really need to be patient. I think Scangarello is going to have Locke ready for Game 1 of the 2020 season, honestly, but I think he's going to need this first year to get past the thinking stage of NFL quarterbacking and to the beginning of the performing muscle memory stage. Kevin, back to you. Thanks, as always, to the Skipper Dude. Um, Good stuff, and I think he and I agree that it's best for Drew Locke to sit a year. He needs to learn some some things with his footwork. He needs to learn progressions. We hope that he can. That is something that we see time and time again with guys coming out of college, that they just cannot learn to read progressions. They look at one guy, they latch on, and they're toast. And it's kind of rare to get guys coming out of college who can read progressions they can see the whole field they can go from their first receiver to their fourth receiver and that's really a big difference I mean that's what makes guys who go in the sixth round like Tom Brady end up being Hall of Famers now is Drew Locke going to be Tom Brady not likely but we don't honestly know I mean did Tom Brady do anything in college no he didn't but he came into the right system. He had the the right mental skills and enough physical skills that he became one of the greatest, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's the same with with like Peyton Manning. I mean, a lot of this game is in your mind. You have to to be able to see the field. You have to be able to put your players in the best positions. You have to just make the right decisions. And obviously, that's really, really, really difficult as a quarterback. And that's what we will have to see if Drew Locke can do it. Heck, we have to see if Joe Flacco can do it. I mean, Joe Flacco, again, he has not had very good numbers since his playoff run. And, and his playoff run in 2013 was great. And he put up some of the best playoff numbers that have ever been seen, honestly. That was one of the greatest quarterbacking playoffs in, in the history of the NFL. But since then, it, we haven't seen much. Now, yeah, you can argue that Baltimore didn't put much talent around him. But, you know, that's it's a weak argument. That That's an argument that anyone can use for any team. I mean... The quarterback needs to be able to lift the players around him. Look at, again, look at Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Now he did have some good players, you know, Marvin Harrison, um, 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 um. where Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne, that's the guy. Jeez, how did I forget Reggie Wayne? Um, but he did have other years where where he had like Austin Colley as his number one receiver or something. So he he won also when he didn't have a lot of talent around him, and that's what. Joe Flacco has not proven to be able to do. Now, this is an interesting bone of contention. I mean, it, it's when you look around the Twitter sphere, you see some guys who they want to disagree. They they don't want to be happy. They want to pick fights. They want to troll. They want to stir things up and try to find something wrong with anything. And part of that is because it's their jobs. I get it. These guys who are on the radio for three hours a day talking about sports, that is not an easy job. I do it once a week for an hour. And even then, it can be hard to fill content. You have to find something to talk about every day for three hours. That is a not an easy job. And it's why there are only a few in 
the industry who can do it and do it well. Now, guys like DMAC for the fan, who is a guy I like, I, I respect him. I think he, he has a good show, as has been proven for many years in Denver. So I've got nothing against him. I've met him. I mean, he's a nice enough guy. Um, Mark Kisla is a writer, obviously. I think, boy, I think he's still at the Denver Post. Um, and he's a bit of a troll on Twitter. And he and I got into a bit of a spat because he's a troll. <laughs> but they both have this idea. And it's a strange one that they don't like that the Broncos picked Drew Locke at 42, but they would have been happier if they picked him at 10. Now, tell me how that makes sense. Now, I think that their argument is, well, if you're really convinced of the guy, you pick him at 10. And so obviously they weren't convinced of him. So why waste to pick at 42? That That's just, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you, you, you pick a guy, a guy, his worth his value as a player as a draft pick is different than what you see of him as a potential project they obviously didn't see him as a top 10 guy who would come in immediately and be a starting quarterback no one did and again I'm going to brag and say I saw that all along NFL analysts were wrong about that a lot of them, and, and they, they, they got in over their heads saying, oh, well, Elway loves this guy. Elway loves big, strong arm, and Elway liked him. How many times did I say Elway liked him when he thought he had a second-round value? And so with this whole top 10 thing, of course I said that Elway wasn't interested because he doesn't he was not evaluated as a top pick. That doesn't mean he can't be a good quarterback. You get the value where it lands. So, of course, it's good value. If, if Elway said, hey, this is a second-round talent that we could make into a quarterback, a starting quarterback, but he needs a couple years to to, to grow and, and learn with Scangarello and, and, and whoever else in the Broncos system who can teach him, fantastic. Why are you upset about that? How is that a bad thing? And now, don't get me wrong. I don't think in a million years, DMAC or... Or Mark Kisla are going to listen to this podcast. But if they do, hi guys. I do appreciate your work. I do appreciate what they do. And I get it that they're trying to stir the pot and, and create controversy. But don't tell me this wasn't a good value pick. A lot, most people had Drew Locke going in the first round. Many had him going in the top 10. So you mean to tell me it was a bad pick that Elway got him at 42? Elway rolled the dice. He said, yeah, we don't have to have him. We have Joe Flacco. That's why they got Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was the plan A, and plan A plus was to get Drew Locke if he fell to the proper place. They liked Drew Locke. They didn't like Drew Locke in the first round, which means this was a win-win. Totally. They got the guy they wanted at the value they wanted. And people to come out and say that it was a bad pick, thats I just don't get it. I think it's a, it's a bad take. It's a take to get controversy. It's a take to get people talking. It's not a good take. It's like, you know, some of these websites that come out and, and they, they grade players, okay? They, they grade players and they say, this is this player's grade. This is the offensive lineman has a 90.3 grade on our website. What what does that even mean? <laughs> okay, who, who, who writes for these websites? 
yeah, sure, I'm sure they have some good talent. I'm sure they have some good talent evaluators. But I mean, I've seen some of these websites come out with with rankings that are totally ridiculous, totally ridiculous. And, and I mean, just look at the eye test and you can say, no, that's what? No. Yeah, sometimes they're right too, but you know, a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of evaluators, a lot of people on error go to these websites as if they are gospel and say, "Hey, well, this website said that he's a talent evaluation of ninety point four, and well, Noah Fant, meh. I watched every snap. Okay, cool. You you sat at a screen and you watched him play. You really think that you have a better evaluation of him than than pro scouts?" You know why you write for for these websites and not work for a an NFL team because you're probably not quite as talented and neither am I. Neither am I. But but I don't like that people just look at these and say, "Oh no. Oh no. This website said that he's not good, so woe is me." Ah. Eh. I, I don't put I don't put anything into it. It's just the same as as if some some other podcaster says, yeah, you know, I watched his film and he looks great. I watched his film and he looks terrible. You know what? We'll see on the field. If the Broncos like him, I'm very willing to give it a chance. John Elway hasn't hit with everything, but you know what? He's brought a Super Bowl to this club. He brought the Broncos a Super Bowl in 2015, if you like it or not. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to give the benefit of the doubt to some website that says they don't like it i love the draft i could be wrong of course but but i like it because i like not just the talent i don't just like the players i like the idea i like where their head is i like elway has learned from his mistakes clearly clearly he only drafted guys that he brought in and met personally he didn't do that a few years ago there were several guys that were picked who he never met. And he panicked because he saw that they fell on the draft board. And he said, well, geez, you know, our scouts had him valued at number five. And here he is at 15 or, or whatever. And Elway has, has put some faith in his, in his coaches, I think. He's put some faith in himself. But he's also learned that you have to meet these guys yourself. If Elway is making the final call, Elway is the final decision maker on who is part of this team, You've got to meet the players. And he learned from that. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that he learned from his mistakes. And now he brought in guys, even if you like them or not, maybe he overpicked the, the wide receiver from Colorado in the sixth round. Maybe. But you know what? He, he met with him. He's seen him. He, he knows what he's going to bring. Maybe it was an overpick. We'll see. Maybe it was a bad pick. But at least the idea was these are players he knows. He knows what they bring to a locker room. He knows what they bring to an interview. That's, that's, it's not nothing. And, and I think you see chemistry is so important, especially for young teams. And the Broncos get younger and younger. And eventually, they're, they're probably going to be led by a rookie, or not a rookie, I guess a, a, a young quarterback. Maybe it's Drew Locke. Or maybe it's Reisner. Not not Reisner, sorry. Um Ripien. Ripien. Who they who they got as an undrafted free agent, which was a great pickup. I mean, the Broncos have been awesome at getting undrafted free agents for twenty years, for whatever reason. Philip Lindsay, Rod Smith, CJ Harris. I mean, Chris Harris, sorry. 
And heck, I mean, Ripien, I think, was a fantastic pickup. He, he was thought of as one of the top, I think, five or six quarterbacks. Some people like him more than they like Drew Locke. So, I mean, fantastic. I mean, he can come in and, and, and at least he can run the scout team. Good talent. That's good value. And Elway got it. So I think there's there's a lot to be hopeful about for this team. The 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 idea that you just had to find something wrong with what Elway did, it, it gets a little old. It gets a little annoying. The whininess of people, especially on Twitter, it, it's what's the point? I mean, we don't know, but wouldn't you rather be optimistic? This is the time to be optimistic. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe Drew Locke is the worst pick in Broncos history. We don't know yet. But I would rather say, hey, you know, let's see. I, I feel good about it. I feel good about Ryzen. I feel good about Fant. I feel good about Locke. Drew Locke has the the persona. He has the image. He has the face, the, the voice, the, the arm, the look of a guy who could be a franchise quarterback. Now, does he have the NFL talent? We'll see. Maybe not. How many guys come into the NFL at quarterback and, and don't pan out? It's it's 99%. Why do you think there are only maybe five or six great quarterbacks in the league and maybe 15 legit starters? There are so few people on this planet Earth who can play the position. It's really, really hard. You have to have the physical tools. You have to be tough. You have to be able to take hits. You have to be able to read defenses. You have to have the right footwork. You have to be able to make passes deep, middle, short. You have to be able to, you know, sometimes pitch the ball, hand the ball off. You have to be able to read, sometimes, you know, run pass option. I mean, there are so many things you have to do as a quarterback. It is the toughest position in all sports, the, the most important position in sports around the world. Tell me otherwise. They are what runs a team, and it's really a difficult thing. So that's why when you find one, you can be good for a long, long time, i.e. the New England Patriots. And so when you see one in the draft who you think could be the guy, maybe, he has some of the skills, some of the talent, then you pick him and get good value for him. And they did. And I like it. I think it's going to be an interesting year. I think you're going to see some changes in 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 the NFL. Eventually, Tom Brady will not be able to play football. I don't know if it's this year. Geez, the guy could play till 50. But there is going to be a year where he is going to hit a wall. It has to happen eventually. It happened to Peyton Manning in 2015, and they won a Super Bowl. I hope that doesn't happen in New England. But it could. It could. Eventually, he'll hit a wall. And eventually, the Patriots are going to fall down to the bottom of the league at least for a year. And then they'll probably, if Belichick stays on, then they'll probably be back in a few years. Or one, who knows. But the Broncos need to see when that happens. They need to see, read the tea leaves. They need to see when their chance is. When does the window open? And it's soon. It's soon. And so in the next two or three years, it's going to be time for someone in the AFC to have their chance. And I believe this next year, I think it's 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 up to guys like Philip Rivers. This is the year where Philip Rivers has to get his championship. I, I believe that. I think it's his time. He's got to do it. They've got a really good team. They got a good coach. The FC is not 
very deep. You don't have that many great teams. Kansas City is continually shooting themselves in the foot because they draft guys who have bad character. They bring in bad people onto their team, and it's going to hurt them. My wife and I just talked about that the other night. In this life, when you live badly, when you live immorally, when you do something that is against your conscience, it's something that is not good, it comes back. Now, if you believe in eternity or not, it comes back in this life. It just does. I mean, the saying, what goes around comes around. It's the truth. I mean, it's karma. It's, it's, it, it doesn't last. When, when, when you live as a locker room or you bring in guys with, with bad histories and guys who, who beat their girlfriends and, and, and have domestic abuse in their history, it, it, it comes back. And it's not good. When you're John Elway and you and you and and you go and, and you pick guys who you didn't meet, it comes back. That that's a bad habit. It's not as bad as the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I don't think there's anything worse than that. And and you know what? If John Dorsey in Cleveland, if Hill, Tyreek Hill gets cut by the Kansas City Chiefs, which he probably will, he'll probably be suspended for at least half a year. I hope he's kicked out of the NFL. But if he's released, which he probably will be, he'll probably be picked up by the Browns because John Dorsey doesn't care. And you know what? That will come back. It will. Sure, he's talented, but that that kind of stuff comes back. So Kansas City, no. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think the Chargers are the best team in that division. I think they're going to roll through the AFC West, including the Broncos. And this is their year. I, I believe that. I said that last year. I, I said last year when everyone was was just high on Kansas City throughout the year. I said San Diego is the best team in that division, and I I still believe it. They are the most all around good team. They have good talent everywhere, and they had a good draft. San, I keep saying San Diego. Oh my gosh, L.A. Oh, I'm never. What am I ever going to get past that? Probably not. The L.A. Chargers. I'm just going to say the Chargers. They're going to be good. This is their year. Their window is open now. Phillip Rivers, what is he, 38, 39? They've got to win now, this year or next year. This is it. This is their chance. And the Broncos' window is obviously going to be open longer because they don't have a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, or are close, at least, in Phillip Rivers. But the Broncos' window is not necessarily as wide open as it is for the Chargers. Maybe it's not open at all. They have to see what they have at the quarterback position because that's all that matters. You can have a great team, and it almost never works that you win around an okay quarterback. Sometimes, sometimes it does. Philadelphia, a few years ago, one of the weirder Super Bowl victories I've ever seen. They had a very eh quarterback have a very great playoff run. Nick Foles, that is who is not going to have success in Jacksonville because he's just not a very good quarterback. And so the Broncos need to see when when is their window open. And it, I think it's going to be soon. You're going to see the Chargers are going to fade because Phillip Rivers is going to retire. In the next two or three years, think of the quarterbacks who are going to leave the NFL. Almost, almost undoubtedly. At least in the next five years. You're going to lose Peyton Manning. I'm sorry, Peyton Manning already. He's already gone. <laughs> Tom Brady. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. In the next five years, they're all going to retire. Almost, 
almost for sure. Breeze and in, in, in Brady, absolutely certain. And so then you have young guys coming up who are, you know, maybe Russell Wilson, who is going to be kind of stepping into those really older veteran guy, but he's in the NFC. So who's in the AFC? You know, I mean, you got Andrew Luck, who I love. Honestly, I, I should have mentioned them with the Chargers. I love Indianapolis. Oh, my goodness. What have they done? I mean, Ballard, their new GM, has just created a dynamo of a team. Awesome draft. Wow. I mean, I love Andrew Luck. He's one of my favorite players, and he has been since he, he played for Stanford. Um, I think they're going to be really good. So, so actually, it's going to be the Chargers and, and the Colts, at least it should be in terms of talent. So aside from them, though, I mean, in the AFC, you have um, Deshaun Watson, who I think is very good. I loved him coming out of college. I like him in Houston, but I don't love the Houston team. I don't love their coach. So they have the QB. They're going to have to build better a better team around him. Cleveland obviously has Baker Mayfield, who he's going to be good for a long time. I don't love what they do with that culture of that locker room. It hurts you eventually. Eventually, you're going to have some stupid mistakes, some boneheaded decisions. Maybe Mayfield, if you put guys around him like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, don't tell me that doesn't affect him. If you put bad guys around a guy who clearly is on the edge like Baker Mayfield, eventually it's going to come back. It's going to come back, and it's going to kick you in the butt. And I like Cleveland. I covered Cleveland for a couple years. They're my number two team. I hope they win, but you, you just you got to build it around character. And the Broncos have done that. Major props to John Elway and the Broncos. And that is part of the reason why their window, you start to see it creep open. You start to see it creep open. Now, the only thing that's going to take that little inch or two of an open window, you know, it's just, just a little crack with a breeze blowing in just a little bit. And if you want to fling that thing open, you've got to get a quarterback. You've got to get a real quarterback. If that's Drew Locke or somebody else, that's what you've got to do. So that brings a whole nother conversation, obviously, if the Broncos are terrible this year, which they could be. They have a brutal, brutal schedule. And they're a good team. They have good talent, but they're, I don't think they're great. I think they're, they're around an 8-8 eight and eight talent right now. Maybe 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6 and six if everything goes right. But they have a really, they have, I think, the second toughest schedule in the NFL. Maybe the toughest on paper. And that being the case... They could have a bad season. They, they could win five or six games again. That's the reality. It's a new offense. It's a new defense. It's a new quarterback. You have a young team. Bad schedule. So if they win, say, five games again, and say you get somehow a top three or four pick, do you go and get another quarterback? It's an interesting question because there are some really good quarterbacks in this year's draft, next year's draft, I should say. Jake Fromm, Tua out of Alabama. And um, Herbert out of Oregon, who apparently the Broncos loved. But he didn't come out this year. They could. Why not? And maybe they like them more than Locke. That, you always have to, to... If you see a guy you love, you see a guy who you think could be a next... A, a Hall of Fame guy or a guy who even can be a decent quarterback, you get him. Period. End of story. And I do think... It was probably a mistake not getting Sam Darnold. They went with Bradley Chubb instead. 
And I mean, okay, Sam Darnold, I believe, went the pick before. But the Broncos, they really liked Darnold, apparently. And they, they it sounds like they could have gotten him. But Elway didn't want to give up the draft capital. And maybe he's right. But when you have a chance to get a quarterback you really like and you think you can have a bright future in the NFL, you get him. End of story. And they got one with Locke, who has a chance, who has potential. We'll see. We'll see. And I think I, in a way, and this is what gets this is what gets hard. Now, I think that that Locke, like I, I agree with Skipper, dude, that I think Locke needs to sit for at least a bit. But if you're going into the 2020 draft and you don't know what you have in Drew Locke, you're in a bit of a tough situation. Because if you go in and say you have the opportunity in the first five, six, seven picks, which they could, and you could pick a guy like from Herbert Tua, do you? Because you don't know what you have in Locke. You ran with a guy in Joe Flacco, who obviously everyone knows who he is. You don't have a long future with Joe Flacco, obviously. Maybe maybe Locke does need to start half a year or something. Maybe he needs to sit half a year or three quarters of a year and at least give him a few games. If the Broncos go out and have a dud of a first half, which they, again, absolutely might, then you start Drew Locke to see what you have, to see if he has any potential to learn and be a good quarterback. And if he does... Then you go with him, you run with him, and you pick someone else that obviously you're going to have plenty of very, very good talent that's going to be available in the top 10 next year because you have so many quarterbacks. You run with Locke, but if he's not great, if he doesn't show greatness, if he doesn't show possibility of being great, then yeah, sure. You go and you draft somebody else and you you trade Drew Locke or, or whatever. We'll see. Exciting times, exciting times. It's, it's, we have a long time. We have a long summer. Um, it's going to be an interesting time to, like DMAC and others, have to find content. But NFL is king. The Denver Broncos are king. And there is always something coming out that we can talk about. And I'm glad to be able to do it with you. As I've said many times, I would love to get your fan rants um, on and part of this show. All you need to do is send me a one to ten minute audio clip. There are plenty of apps that can send that can record audio. Send it to me by email at Kevy, excuse me, Kevin Gillikin. That's G I L L I K I N at Gmail. Oh, excuse me, Kevin Gillikin USA at gmail.com. Um, or if you have any questions about the show, comments about the show, if you want to do a fan rant, find me on Twitter at Kevy Gillikin. That's K-E-V-V-Y-G-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. That's on Twitter. Um, I'll also sometimes have some commentary on the Twitter sphere. Um, so follow me there. As always, follow MileHighReport.com for all of your Denver Broncos and NFL needs because there is no one who covers it better in more depth and with a better outlook than Mile High Report. I don't always agree with them. I don't. I mean, I think there were plenty of the Mile High Report staff that did think that Drew Locke was going to go in the top 10. So, but that's a nice thing. It's good. You have a lot of different opinions. You have a lot of different perspectives. You have people who have their different strengths and weaknesses, and that's awesome. Love it. I love being part of the staff or kind of part of the staff. I'm, I'm kind of a part-timer over there. 
Um, but it's fantastic. Stay with them for everything and definitely check out Ian St. Clair and Adam Alnati on the milehighreport.com podcast as well as the something 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 Broncos podcast, which is always a good time and always again has great info. Um, Mile High Report is also on Twitch doing live streams. I do think I will be soon. I'll be up on Twitch doing a live stream myself. Um, just have a few more technical uh, things to work out. I've got a new computer that hopefully will be able to run a live stream. And then uh, Tim Lynch over there at milehighreport.com will hopefully get me hooked up. And that will hopefully be running again in the next few weeks. So you get to see my ugly mug talking live. Denver Broncos. So a little more pressure on me. I can't say can't say anything stupid and delete it later as you can in a podcast. Um, I usually don't do that anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm too lazy to go back and, and edit something. Um, anyway, yeah, Twitch. Check us out there, Twitter, etc. And I will see you all next Monday. Please enjoy what's going on in Denver right now. The Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. Really a fun time to be a Colorado sports fan Rockies they're gonna they're gonna figure it out they they have some issues um but I I think they're gonna they're gonna be in it they're gonna be in it by the end of the summer um they have enough talent that they will at least be in the wild card hunt hopefully also in the in the um NL West hunt um the Dodgers haven't been that great anyway we won't talk any more baseball <laughs> I'm just kind of rambling on now um you're, you're all kind of just um probably tuning out at this point anyway I'll see you all next week. Have a fantastic week. This has been the Broncos and Bratwurst Podcast. Peace.